Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, you're listening to Black and Abdallah on WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. The guys have the night off today. They were in for Greeny earlier, so if you missed any of that, be sure to check it out. The Black and Abdallah podcast feed on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcast. Talking Bears, talking Kevin Warren. We're going to get into some more NFL playoff stuff, too. Uh, feels like the, the Bears news of the week have kind of overshadowed... Um, at least in this city, what's been going on across the rest of the league. So we will get into all of that good stuff coming up a little bit later on in the show. You want to jump on in 312-332-3776, talking Bears and Kevin Warren and more with you. I also want to circle back to some stuff from Waddle and Sylvie, too, um, not just from Dick Vermeil, who which was a fantastic interview. If you missed any of that, check out the Waddle and Sylvie podcast feed there. Um, but with Kevin Warren and him coming into the Chicago Bears organization as the new president of this football team, I'm very optimistic. And it's one of those weird feelings when you're a Bears fan, right? That you haven't had a lot of reason for optimism in the past. Every time you've sort of gotten up and gotten excited about a Bears team, there's always been sort of one lingering issue where, uh, is that right? Is that the... Is this really going to be the time that things are right again? You, you look back to, uh, at least in my lifetime, Jay Cutler, right? Bringing Cutler in, it was like, all right, this is awesome. It looks like we finally have a quarterback here in this city. The, everyone's ecstatic. But was the coach right? And then you go back and you look at what happened in 2018 with the Bears, and they're starting to build something here. The defense is playing at an elite level. And you ask yourself, oh, but is the quarterback right? And obviously the question to each of those two, or the answer to each of those two questions has always been no. Now you get to this portion of what's going on in Chicago. It looks like you've got the quarterback. You're feeling good about the quarterback, right? You've got a president of football here with Kevin Warren, who's got a background in football. He's built stadiums. He's kind of done things the right way. He's been an NFL agent before. All right, that you feel good about that. And then you got a coaching staff who, all right, Matt Eberflus right now is is up for debate. I don't think we have enough of a sample size to really glean a, a true opinion on him, um, given what we saw from this past season. But the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, I mean, you look at a guy who I think was maybe the biggest overachiever of the entire Bears franchise from a season ago. I'm pretty excited about what Luke Getze can do in year two as an NFL play caller, because just like the uh, the rookie head coach, the rookie-ish quarterback, early stage quarterback that you have, there needs to be a little bit of leeway that's doled out for all of these guys when they're sliding into the jobs, especially in the midst of a rebuild here. And I think that what Getze and Fields can develop together can be pretty special, especially if you slap some talent in there 
and get him some help on the outside. Get him a bolstered up offensive line. You'll probably see some new running back face, whether it's a rookie, whether it's someone that's signed in for agency. There's going to be something new in the backfield, I'd imagine, as well for Justin Fields. And, oh, by the way, you've got a defense that has plenty of holes that can be patched up, too. And you've got all this cap space out there to venture off with and the number one overall pick. Every, everything, it feels like all of the stars are sort of aligned here for the Chicago Bears to kind of get this thing right. And it feels good right now as a Bears fan where the, the compounding of success feels like it's all there together. And it feels like we haven't had that exponential feeling in a long, long time in this city. So how are you feeling, Bears fans? 312-332-3776 if you want to talk Bears with us here on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Aki filling in for the guys today. You know, Kevin Warren, I thought, said some really intriguing and important things during his press conference. And I know people talk all the time about, oh, who cares if you win the press conference, right? But sometimes it does feel a little bit different with guys like Kevin Warren and the the press conference feel and all of that. And I know my biggest question heading into the introductory press conference with Kevin Warren was, all right, we know what his relationship and history was like once upon a time with Justin Fields, right? You go back to 2020, the COVID season um, in college football, Kevin Warren's the Big Ten commissioner at the time. And it looks pretty bleak. It did not look like the Big Ten football season was going to be played. Now, on the other side, for Justin Fields, you're talking about a guy who's expecting to go out into the NFL draft, wants to play some games to improve his draft stock, and wants to go out there and show NFL evaluators that, hey, I should be a top one, two, three pick. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way for him, but... He wanted to be given the chance to go out there and improve his draft stock and not do the thing that we see so many other college players do, whether it's sit out a bowl game. We see some people opt out of an entire season as a whole as well. And he wanted to go out there and prove it against live competition in real time against his peers. Show that he was the best quarterback in that class of 2021. So... He's going head-to-head. There's the threat of a lawsuit, too, from Justin Fields and his family against Kevin Warren and the Big Ten. And this was one of the most reassuring things that I heard yesterday in the press conference from Kevin Warren talking about his relationship with Justin Fields since the Big Ten COVID shutdown. I'll say this. this. If I had been in the Big Ten at that time, um, I would have done the same thing. And what that told me about Justin is he's passionate. And if, if it now my whole goal was trying to keep players safe, uh, I appreciated him uh, to be able to take that leadership role. So I was ecstatic. I called him on draft. Day. I was ecstatic when he got drafted by the Bears, because that's what you need from a leadership standpoint. But I have a, a strong personal relationship you know, with him. He's talented. Uh, he's a leader. I love his passion. I would have been the same way of being able to do it. Interestingly enough. I've only been to one game in Minnesota since I left in 2019. I was at, in Minnesota for some meetings, and it was the weekend that the Bears were playing. And so I actually went to the game and went into the to locker room to say hello to 
Justin and a lot of our Big Ten folks, Riley Reef and Trevor Simeon, and, and just to be able to go uh, to say hello. But I have the greatest amount of respect for him, you know, because I know he's going to do everything he possibly can with the talent that he has uh, to be a leader, and he wants to win championships. So I take it as a comment. Those are the people that I want because if someone was not upset about playing, then I really would, would be concerned because I know if I was in the Big Ten and someone did what I did, yeah, I would have led a revolt uh, to be able to play because that's how passionate I was, you know, to take advantage of it. So I think that's great. So that's Kevin Warren talking about Justin Fields and just he was very excited to see that the there was passion from Fields and it seems like everything there is sort of patched up. That was my biggest question mark about Kevin Warren. Everything else on the resume is spectacular with him. But that was my one sort of looming question about it and everything seemed to be answered there. So I'm all on board with Kevin Warren and what the future holds now for for the Chicago Bears with him at the at the helm. He also talked a little bit about this and kind of what I was talking about earlier. Everything's aligning right here for the Chicago Bears. We will continue to do it the right way. We will work hard. We will have fun. We will be diligent. We will be detailed. We will be methodical. We'll operate with integrity and honor at every step of the way. This is a special time in the NFL, but most of all, it's a special time for the Chicago Bears. Everything's ahead of us. Greatness is ahead of us. All we need to do now is go and grasp it. Put in the time, energy, and effort. This is the best NFL football city in the country. We have the best ownership, phenomenal leadership, good young talented players, the best fans, phenomenal alumni, 30 people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's all here. And I am so excited. I'm honored. I'm humbled to be able to come to work here each and every day. As Kevin Warren yesterday talking about the timing right now. And and he, he's brought up some things too as well. He talked a little bit yesterday about the NFC in particular being wide open right now. And does that put the Bears in the best situation moving forward, given the assets and what's going on? You know, right now, as we enter this divisional weekend of NFL playoff football, the NFC North is one of two divisions right now that is not being represented in the playoffs. If this division can be that wide open, again, they only had one representative get in with the, the Packers faltering on the final day of the season and the Lions just being on the outside looking in as well. Are the Bears in the best position moving forward within this division, knowing everything that you've got at your disposal, future draft capital, what you've got on the roster currently, what you've got allocated or at least available to allocate in free agency, coaching staff, all that stuff, everything put together. How do you feel about the Bears in the NFC North moving forward, given that as we enter the second weekend of the NFL playoffs, there is not a single NFC North team currently being represented? We'll talk about that when we come back. Tyler Rocky filling in for Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. 
This is Chicago's home for sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000, the guys are off tonight. They were in for Greeny earlier today. If you missed any of that, be sure to check out the podcast on the Black and Abdallah feed wherever you get your podcast. They'll be back tomorrow for Greeny from 10 to noon right here on ESPN 1000. I'll be with you 6 to 8 p.m. on Thursday night, tomorrow night, right here on ESPN 1000. So we talked a little bit about the the Bears, Kevin Warren being introduced as the new president. Everything sort of feels like it's trending upwards and it's compounding success on top of itself right now. Feels good to be a Bears fan right now, which is a feeling that I don't think a lot of Bears fans and a lot of fans coming off of a 3 and 14 season are used to feeling. And I look at what the future holds and kind of where the Bears sit within the confines of the division and really within the entirety of the NFC right now. And I feel pretty good about the Bears being a playoff team moving forward relatively consistently. When you look at the the rest of the conference right now, there's a lot of turnover that is happening right now. Some of the powers that we have seen traditionally within the NFC have turned over a little bit. Now, Looking at the NFC North in particular, all right, one of two divisions that as we enter the the divisional round here, one of two divisions in all of football that do not have a single team playing this upcoming weekend. It's them, and then it's the NFC South who, let's be honest, should not have had a representative in the first place, but I don't want to draw the angry divisional callers tonight like I did the other night. So the Bears... Are they in the best spot moving forward within the NFC North? You know, you look at a couple of, couple, uh, just kind of stacking everyone up here, right? You look at where are the Bears exactly? Well, they've got the most cap space of any team in the NFL by a significant margin heading into the offseason, about $120 million, almost double that of the next team. You've got nine draft picks in this year's draft, including the number one overall pick. And of course, with what the Bears are likely to do in trading that number one overall pick, the chance to go out and acquire some extra draft capital as well heading into this upcoming NFL draft. You've also got a quarterback that looks like he could be the guy moving forward for you and you feel pretty good about what his talents and what his capability is to lead your football team. He's a hell of a leader. In fact, you look at some of the quarterbacks across the league, you think about some of the situation. Oh, look what's happening out in, in New York with the Jets and, and Zach Wilson. Oh, look what's happening with the, the Patriots and Mac Jones. Like Those are guys you're very happy are not the leader of your football team right now, given how they conduct themselves as leaders of football teams. You can throw Kyler Murray's name into that conversation as well. I don't think any NFL team is envious of those three teams and who they have as the leader and face of their franchise currently. Now, Looking at some of the other teams within the NFL, within the NFC North, rather, 
for the Bears, I think the main competition moving forward, probably the Detroit Lions. In fact, you will probably see them be the trendy pick to win the division. And I'm sure you'll even see them be a trendy pick to win the Super Bowl next year when people are going to the betting windows or opening the FanDuel app or something like that. So what does the Lions situation look like moving forward? All right, let's stack it up here. The Lions currently have a pair of first-round picks this upcoming draft, including the Rams pick that they got in the Matthew Stafford trade, a pair of second-rounders, a third-rounder, a fifth, and then a pair of sixth-round picks. Um, They also have the 11th most cap space of any team in the NFL right now. On top of that, too, Dan Campbell proved to be a pretty likable guy, and you'd imagine that is a pretty intriguing free agent destination based on how it seems the league is perceiving Dan Campbell. And I got to say, I'll be the first to admit it. Hand up, I was dead wrong on Dan Campbell. I thought Dan Campbell was a goof. I thought he was a guy who just sort of threw threw out his quirky catchphrases. He seemed more like a collegiate coach than he did an NFL coach. But we saw how much it's proven to work, and it seems like Dan Campbell is really a big reason why we're seeing Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator who had a ton of success this season, retooling Jared Goff, getting that offense to work. He's coming back to be the offensive coordinator, and he seemed like he was going to be the hottest candidate on the coaching trail of coordinators. Obviously, you've got your names like Sean Payton and stuff like that, but he seemed like the most trendy coordinator names, especially on the offensive side, to get a job in this upcoming cycle as a head coach. So there's that, right? Then you look at some of the other teams within the division. You look at Minnesota. Minnesota, the Vikings right now, they look like a team that is going to have to retool a lot heading into this upcoming season. I know they were 13-4, and but when you're 11-0 and in one-score games, and how ironic is it that the one that you lose is at the end of the season to the, the New York Giants um, in the playoff round. But the Minnesota Vikings, this upcoming NFL draft, I laid it out the other day too. This upcoming NFL draft currently have four draft picks. They have a first rounder, a third rounder, a fourth rounder, and a fifth rounder. Not a lot to work with there. Also, you've got questions at the quarterback position as well. Can Kirk Cousins be a guy that leads you deep into the playoffs and make you a perennial winner? I think track record has proven no. Now, I will say this. A lot of people are also saying, oh, well, look what Justin Fields can do. Can he, in his second season at the helm and with some continuity within the coaching staff year to year, can he become an elite-level quarterback in the NFL. I think what we've seen across football is how important coaching is to creating offenses and creating quarterback play and getting the best out of what you've got under center. And the same thing can be said about the Minnesota Vikings with Kevin O'Connell entering year two. Do I think they're a team that can win 13 games like they did this year? Next year, no. I think just the nature of the NFL, you're naturally going to regress after you hit some of the highs of the highs um, in terms of regular season success. But I think you could see the Vikings still be a major player within the NFL, within the NFC North in particular, but they are going to play that first place schedule. They are also going to, I think, struggle 
replicating an 11 and 0 record in one score games next year. I just don't think that's very feasible. You don't see that very often. And we kind of saw the, the analytics and the DVOA people drink one. They won. I mean, nobody had a bigger weekend on this past uh, Super Wildcard weekend than the analytics community. When they saw the Vikings fall flat against the Giants, at home no less, that was a big win for the analytics community. So DVOA reigns supreme again. Um, but the Vikings, not a lot of cap space this year. They're $13 million under, so you'd imagine... You'll probably see some cuts, maybe even some surprise cuts as well within that Vikings organization. In fact, it would not shock me to see the Minnesota Vikings end up as the last place team in the NFC North next year. I I think that world very much exists. I think that the defense has a lot that you, you have to replace and you have to replenish and you have to just get better on that side of the ball. So to see that, it would not shock me to see them take an absolute pitfall all the way to the bottom of the NFC North. And then you've got the Green Bay Packers, right? This is the team that we talked a little bit about it on Waddle and Sylvie earlier today. But this is a team right now that who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be. I, for one, think that A, Aaron Rodgers is not done for. And B, I think he'll be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers next year. Now, it's going to be, how do you surround him? I think this was a team that defensively found its stride toward the end of the, of the season. They looked like a, a completely different team on that end of the football. Um, you've got draft capital to go out and make some moves and draft some impact guys. And also, you've got an offseason to create some continuity as well with your receiving core. You look at Aaron Rodgers. And we saw the frustration time and time again between him and Christian Watson. I'd imagine a good portion of that gets patched up this offseason. Working with him, and I know he says, oh, we're not gonna, I'm not going to hold the, the organization hostage and all that stuff that you heard after they lost to the Lions on Sunday Night Football to close things out. But I think that is a team that is far from done. Now, how much longer will they be able to sustain that level of success? I don't know. That ball is in Aaron Rodgers' court because we can see, we've seen in the past how quickly it can come apart for a quarterback that reaches that age. Remember, Peyton Manning was playing at an MVP level. Then all of a sudden, the injuries started to catch up with him a little bit. And then the drop-off was there. Tom Brady, another good example. We saw elite-level Hall of Fame quarterback just a season ago. He was in the thick of things, and could have won MVP last year, led the NFL in a lot of statistical categories passing the football, and came up just a little bit short of Aaron Rodgers. But he's a guy who we saw this year take a big drop-off. Could Aaron Rodgers just be the next in line? Eventually, quarterbacks reach their expiration date. And could next year be the the year that Aaron Rodgers drops off? I personally still think he's got some good football left in him. But I'm not saying he's got another five great years of football in him. I just don't. I think that all quarterbacks, eventually their time comes around. Um, Even you look at a guy like Russell Wilson too, right? We just saw a just a sharp spike with him. And all of a sudden, he's one of the laughing stocks of the NFL. And then you look at the cap, uh, the cap situation for the Packers right now. They're 29th in cap space heading into the offseason. Even, an even worse situation than what the Vikings are in. 
but at least the Packers have the ability to go out and make some of their draft picks. So how are you feeling about the Bears? Is there, do you feel like the door is open for them to be the leaders in the NFC North moving forward, given everything and every sort of factor that you've got in place right now for the Chicago Bears franchise? New president, you've got a new regime in terms of coach, GM, you've got a quarterback who's entering his third year and has shown some promise, and you are flush with cap space, and you've got the number one overall pick that not only is your most important draft asset, but also one of many draft assets that you have, and it's something that you can flip into potentially creating even more promise for this organization. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. How are you feeling about the Bears moving forward? Also, there was some news today about Luke Getze, and it's maybe not the news that you'd expect for someone who is looking to be a head coach one day. We'll talk about Luke Getze, what it means for the Bears coming up next here on Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. Black and Abdallah, 312-332-3776. Really talking about the future and the outlook for this Bears team moving forward. Uh, taking all your calls on that. Chase is on the south side. What's going on, Chase? What's happening, bro? What's up, Chase? What's up, Not Chase? Much. Not much, Tyler. How, how, you doing? how you doing tonight, man? You good? I'm good, man. What you got? All right. You know what? I was just listening to what you were saying. You know... You was talking about the NFC North. You also got to also look at the entire NFC in totality because the NFC is very, very mediocre at best. I mean, you outside the 49ers and the Eagles, there's really no team that really scares you. There's a lot of parity in the NFC. Now, the AFC is a different story. Right. But if you think about it, the Bears next season, given the fact that they have the worst record in the NFL, going to have an easy schedule next season. So I'm looking at their schedule for next year. They're going to be playing against the NFC South. The NFC South, as you were saying about earlier, the NFC South was the worst division in football. Mm-hmm. Now look at the quarterbacks they're going to be facing next season. Okay, the Panthers, who's playing quarterback for the Panthers next season? That's a fantastic, really. fantastic question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints, come on. Andy Dalton, really. Falcons, come on. You know, Tampa Bay, you know, it's highly likely Tom Brady might not even, you know, play, you know, in Tampa. He's not going right. back to Tampa. So Tampa's going to be looking for a quarterback. You don't know what they're going to do there. Then you got to think about it. They're going to probably have the commanders, I think. Or who, yep, who they've got the commanders. I mean, you bring yeah. up a good point, Chase. There's a lot of unknown at the quarterback position hey. next year for uh, who the Bears' opponents that we know of like you you brought up Washington all four of the NFC South teams are sort of up for grabs and then the NFC West team that they're going to face the Arizona Cardinals who knows if Kyler Murray is going to be ready by the time that they end up playing the Cardinals too we don't know where it falls on the schedule quite yet and and another thing I think about this too now I know they are playing the AFC West but you know I remember early in the season we thought the AFC West was the worst 
Well, now the AFC West, now on the outside, maybe the Chiefs, the Chargers, you know, they kind of like juggle and high towns. But think about the Raiders, the Broncos. Those are, those are winnable games the Bears can be. And think another thing, too, I'll make another point. I know this sounds preposterous, but there's a possibility Justin could be the best court, best QB in the NFC behind his heart. I'm not saying he could be, but there is a slight possibility he could be the best QB in the NFC. Like, if you think about it, look, the quarterbacks in the NFC is not good. I mean, it's just a fact. But I hang up and listen, man. You enjoy the rest of your night. All right, man? Yeah, I appreciate it, Chase. Appreciate the phone call. Regular here on the Black and Abdallah program. You know, he brought up the, the point, uh, can Justin be the best quarterback in the NFC moving forward? And it kind of gets back to a thought I had at the conclusion of the Bears-Eagles game. You see the handshake out at midfield uh, between Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. And I thought to myself, you know, sort of feels like we're going to be seeing that handshake a lot moving forward. Because I feel like the Bears and the Eagles are two teams, especially if the, if the Bears get this thing right. And I think a lot would have to go wrong with Ryan Poles for them to get this totally wrong, make it so sideways that it gets out of hand. There's too much cap space. There's too many draft assets. I I just think there's too much ammo for them to possibly get this totally wrong where you're looking at the Bears as a non-playoff team for the next five years. I think that you see those two meet up at midfield, and I thought to myself, that's going to be a playoff matchup for years to come because right now, Moving forward, those two guys could be the class of the NFC from a quarterback standpoint. Now, Aaron Rodgers certainly will have something to say about that next year. The emergence of Brock Purdy has certainly thrown a wrinkle into that entire equation. But you look at what is set in stone right now moving forward. Dak Prescott doesn't scare me, all right? He's Kirk Cousins with a star on his helmet. I look at Daniel Jones. Okay, could there be something there with the Giants? Yes. But that's also a situation that could go to the side and maybe the league starts to figure it out, figure out the Brian Dable, Daniel Jones connection after a little bit. Jared Goff, what's his long-term future? Certainly doesn't scare me. Kirk Cousins, we've had that conversation before. Geno Smith, nice story, but that did not end well for the Seattle Seahawks who limped their way into the playoffs and then limped their way through a playoff game as well. Matthew Stafford looks like he's on the way out. Um, obviously, he'll, he'll probably play a season or two more with the Rams, but who knows how much longer he's going to be a fixture or an effective quarterback. Um, feels very Brady-ish right now. And then the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray. We've seen what the Kyler Murray story and and experience sort of entails. And it's not one that scares me a whole heck of a lot. 312-332-3776 if you want to jump on in as well. Talking about the Bears, their outlook for the future in the NFC and all that good stuff moving forward. You know, did you see this news that came across earlier today? Luke Getze, all right? Remember the conversation we used to have about midseason right after the mini-buy when the Bears offense was running And you got more quarterback runs in there. You saw Justin take a huge step up in his game. Um, The Bears were scoring. It felt like 30 points every single game out there. And we're all of a sudden getting way over our skis. And I'll I'll admit, I, I was one of them that was maybe cautiously afraid of what could happen with Luke Getze. But there was a conversation of, Whoa, is Luke Getze going to get a head coaching job? 
Is he going to be that hot offensive coordinator that bolts after just a season of play calling? And while I do think Luke Getze is going to have his time, he will get a chance to be an NFL head coach. That time does not look like it's going to be this offseason. I don't believe I've seen Luke Getze get called for any sort of interviews so far. But that obviously could change, and that obviously could change heading into next season as well. So Luke Getze was named the head coach of one of the Senior Bowl teams this year. It will be Luke Getze on one side, and then it will be Patrick Graham on the other side. So Luke Getze is going to coach the American team, and Graham will get the national team for the upcoming Senior Bowl, which is a, an all-star game, a college all-star game that is also used as a big draft tool as well. A lot of NFL scouts down there that entire weekend, um, and they use it as a sort of a scouting combine as well. Here's why I bring it up, okay? There was uh, an article today on ESPN.com talking about the most productive rookie classes in 2022. And the Bears slotted in as the number eight team on that list as the, in terms of most productive rookie classes. And I'll break down a little bit of that in, in just a second. But here's why Luke Getze coaching that game is so important to me. When you're the Bears and you've got a lot of draft capital, all right, and you've got a lot of draft capital in particular in later rounds, the Senior Bowl is where you can maybe find some hidden gems. I want to take a look back at who were the senior bowl coaches last season. All right. I looked it up last year. It was Dan Campbell on one side and Robert Sala on the other side. Those are two teams that both took significant leaps this season. And a lot of that was the result of having a high draft pick. Allah, what the bears have this season. So looking at this list on ESPN.com, that was uh, also, derived with the help of football outsiders and Aaron Schatz, who you hear on this station from time to time. Um, so taking a look at where the Jets and where the Lions were on this list. The Jets came in at number two. Now, they do have the benefit of having three first-round picks. When you have three first-round picks, you're likely to have a lot of rookie production. All right, But three first-round picks... For the New York Jets, and, and they have the number two draft class, Robert Sala, one of the head coaches from the Senior Bowl from a season ago. The other team, Dan Campbell's team, his Detroit Lions come in at seventh on this list. The Lions had a lot of draft capital as well. They had two first-round picks, um, a second, a third, a fifth, a pair of sixth, and a seventh. So... Looking at these sort of data points here on what you can find, I like having that coach that's there, that's with these guys for a week of their senior bowl practice week as well. And maybe it doesn't tell you who to draft necessarily, but it may tell you who not to draft as well. And to have boots on the ground in Mobile, Alabama for this event and to have Luke Getze being around these guys all the time for a whole week and just kind of getting to know the guys and having that extra sort of intel into what they're like over the course of a week of prep, a week of practice, I think that's beneficial 
for an NFL team. And to have Luke Getze be one of those guys that's coaching and around all these guys for an entire week, I think is ultimately going to help the Bears. And it's something that certainly intrigues me as well. I do want to dive into this list uh, a little bit more as it pertains to Ryan Poles as well. And if it makes you a little more confident seeing where the Bears check in on this list from a season ago. 312-332-3776. Talking Bears, talking the future of the Bears. We'll talk a little bit of NFL playoffs later on. But next, we've got the song of the night here on Black and Abdallah. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. We'll get you the song of the night in just a little bit. Talking a lot of bears with you today. 312-332-3776. More on like the outlook of the, the NFC North and what the division sort of holds moving forward for this Bears franchise. I do want to bring back something because we've been talking a little bit about Kevin Warren as well. And just how important is a president to... A, a franchise, right? Especially when you think about what Kevin Warren is main, his main uh, reason why he's been brought in here, right, is obviously to build the new stadium up in Arlington Heights. He seems fully committed to that. Doesn't seem like it's going anywhere else. It is Arlington Heights or nothing. So, hearing Dick Vermeil earlier today on Waddle and Sylvie, I thought was important, and even Sylvie's brought it up too about how important a president is to an NFL franchise. Just some things that you pick up while you're on the beat. And he talked a little bit about um, back in the day when the Bears had a chance to draft LaDainian Tomlinson, things got in the way because of a president. And you try to think now, man, what would the Bears have looked like with LT, right? I mean, maybe that Super Bowl run back in 06 looks a little bit different with LaDainian Tomlinson as you're running back at the time. Well, this was Dick Vermeil, who was the head coach, greatest show on turf with uh, the Rams and, and won a Super Bowl with that team. And while Kevin Warren was a part of that franchise and, and helping to win that Super Bowl. And Dick Vermeil talked about how important it is to have a good president and why that matters when developing an NFL franchise. Well, I think success starts there and works down. It's been every place I've been. I've worked for ownerships that I have great personal relationships because of how they treated me and how they supported me and how we worked together at putting things together. And, uh, you know, and I, Kevin Warren will do that in Chicago. And I, I'm not saying it hasn't been that way all along. But, you know, they haven't had success in recent years. And I by putting him in charge of it, I, I think he'll help develop an environment in which everybody will excel. They'll be the best they can be working there. They'll enjoy coming to work, even in the tough times. The tough times help bring people together as long as they're the right people. And he, he will make sure they're the right people, I'm sure. And that just 
I'm very, very confident he'll do an outstanding job. I wish I was young enough to coach for him. And so that's funny there at the end there. And just kind of shows you that a Hall of Famer like Dick Vermeil, that built in on having Kevin Warren as a president. And it kind of tells you, too, how important it is to have that sort of leadership at the top of your organization. And, and Warren talked about all the, the stuff with, oh, you don't want to – or the, the ego is the number one thing that you need to drop at the door if you want to have a successful organization. Because at the end of the day, when those Super Bowl rings come out, everyone's looks the same. doesn't matter if you're the head coach. doesn't matter if you're the president of the team. doesn't matter if you're the last guy on the roster. All, the, all those Super Bowl rings, at the end of the day, are going to look the same if we have the unity to, to go out and, and win. And, and that, I think, is the one of my biggest takeaways of how important it is to have a football-type guy within the organization. And I know Kevin Warren didn't play the sport. He was a basketball player back in the day. But he's been around NFL organizations, and he's seen what success looks like and how to build it. And that's why as Bears fans, seeing all this come together at the right time makes me extremely, extremely optimistic and excited to, to see what happens with this, with this Bears team moving forward. All right. As we do every night here on Black and Abdallah around 6.50, we bring to you the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's song of the night. Yo, later. Tonight's song... Three, four! to the presidents of the United States of America, Cleveland Rocks. All this energy calling me Well, on this day in 1985, the USA Today finalized its poll on where to put the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they settled on Cleveland as the as the destination for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Cleveland garnered 600,000 signatures on a petition and ultimately won the vote to be named the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, are you guys big Hall of Fame fans? I've got Nick Mazzala here, Kale Jacoby here. Are you guys big Hall of Fame people? I've only ever passed it on the South Shore Amtrak train, mm-hmm. and I feel like those two, the stadium and the Hall of Fame next to each other is them putting too much of their highlights too close together. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I could Cleveland see most of Cleveland little, in one day. A little day. bit more spread out, right? Yeah. I, I've heard really good things about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I haven't had a chance to get there, but I've heard it's one of the better Hall of Fames that you can get to. I'm a big fan of the NFL Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other ones you can allow a little bit too many players for my, my liking. I, I always like the museum aspect of it. Like, I'm not a big hockey fan. In fact, I would say I'm not one at all. Sorry, Pat Boyle. Um, but... 
I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame, and just as like someone walking through it, the Hockey Hall of Fame was the best one of any of the Hall of Fames I've been to. I think I've been to like three or four, um, but that was by far and away the best Hall of Fame that I've ever For sure. had the privilege of, of walking through. Cleveland Rocks, Presidents of the United States of America, your song of the night. Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Coming up in two minutes, we're going to dive into an NFL MVP list and how it impacts how the Bears should build their team moving forward. This is Black and Abdallah. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.